This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Just as the value of money was once tied to a fixed amount of gold, the value of music gear could be tied to the 284 grams of a Sure SM57. An industry standard in all other ways already, the 57 is found in every venue, every studio, and every practice space. Like guitar packs and upset neighbors, they just seem to pop up wherever musicians get together. The 57's recorded you and your friends just as long as it has rock stars and presidents. For as long as you've known each other, it's been transparent, honest, and capable of rolling with some punches. There's no reason why that should change. You've seen in the other pages of this magazine the vagaries of gear value, the wild price swings of popular and no longer popular equipment. Here, too, the 57 stays true. In 2015, its average use price on Reverb was about $75. So far in 2023, $75. For in the economic equation of the 57, there can be no spike in demand, no glut in supply. It, it simply is. So perhaps the next time we report on price trends within the reverb price guide, we'll use a new currency. No longer measuring the world's strats and junos in messy and volatile dollars, but in SM57s, the gear standard. Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar, buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, reading from the Reverb Price Guide podcast. Apparently now you need to buy a physical book to use a website. <laughs> I don't think you have to buy it. I think you just gave them out at NAM. How are you doing, Steve? Uh, I cannot complain. He cannot and he will I am not complain. physically incapable I took away complaining. his ability to complain. I gave Steve a very specific lobotomy, and he can't complain anymore. Yeah, yeah. It's I awkward. used I used a a, a quarter inch jack here, and I just pushed it into his ear, and I wiggled it around a bit. Oh, there's a, a well. Remind me of that when we get to what's new. <laughs> Reminds me of a story that actually. So for what it's worth, like that, you just described certain antidepressants. Putting a quarter inch jack in your ear? No, just like um. Like, basically, there are certain antidepressants that make it where, like, you're, I don't, like, no matter how, like, sad or frustrated you are, like, you're basically incapable of crying. I have known people who are like, all I want to do around is sit around all day and cry. Incapable of complaining. Okay. Like, and instead, all I do is sit around all day and I'm still depressed, but I can't cry. Right. Like they can't for whatever. Wow, I, don't, I don't know how that works. Episode's going to well. Normally, Ryan, we just launch into the first ad, but you decided to get all philosophical. Well, this ad was sent to us by Matt Carnavali. 
think that's how you say his last name. Sure. Why not? Why not? Here's a 1965 Fender Jaguar Super Vibey Player's Jag that's been refinished in seafoam green, then attacked with a buzzsaw. The neck date is 1 August 65B. Body and neck are original, and the guitar was professionally relicked. From there, all of the parts slash hardware are repro. The guitar is an outstanding, uh, outstanding sounding, outstanding sounding set. Outstanding standing, sounding standing, sitting out. standing, out sitting standing, out. Fender Pure Vintage 65 pickups that are full and clear while still sounding like a great vintage Jaguar. The neck is an absolute, the neck is, what, the neck is absolute butter. It's smooth, worn in, and feels like an old glove. Playability is exceptional, with consistent low action down the fingerboard. Original frets have life left as well. Killer players jag here. Blah, 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 setup. It's an eight-pound guitar. Eight-pound, three-ounce guitar. That's cheap. If you're paying in pound town dollars. That's why they won't ship to England. (laughs) They want... $4,000 $4,000 for this free shipping though. Um, and it's been listed for two months, 2000 views, 107 watchers and two offers. And it's still up on reverb, a 1965 Jaguar. Yep. So what's going on here? I would normally think at that price, this thing would be gonzo. Someone would pick this up. I sent the ad to our buddy, Mike, Mm-hmm. Uh, Pusheen himself, and he had things, some things to say. But, but but let's see what we have to say about it first. What are your impressions here, Steve? I uh, because what we have here, we what we have here is the wood of a 1965 yeah, Jaguar the, the body, neck and, the neck and body it, with all the parts replaced. Every single part has been replaced. All the hardware. You think the, the tuners have been the replaced? pickups? The tuners have been replaced. I think the neck and the headstock have been refinished because mm. look at that water slide decal. Like it, it just all looks too clean at this point. It was the body was refinished and then relicked. And they said it's a professional relic. I don't want to dog on whoever did the relic, but it doesn't look authentic to me. Like this looks like your pretty run of the mill kind of like factory relic where Every guitar coming off the line kind of has similar things going on, but it doesn't really mirror a a real authentic oh. relic. Like there's there's things going on here that are just it catches my eye funny, and I'm like, that's yeah, that the, would never wear all that of way. The little like lower bout like the butt endings, yeah, uh, they do kind of look like somebody was just hitting it with a screwdriver. I mean, it's a cool look. If, if someone did this to a modern guitar, I'd be like, oh, it's, it's the look of a relic. Mm-hmm. But this is a 1965 Jaguar. One of the problems. Where's the original paint? Why can't we see the way it actually relics? Right. One of the one of the things with this that's kind of throwing me off. Um, also, the color is kind of weird. Like, sea foamy, but like weird like yellowy, it's got like spotty some stuff. Spots that look like they're supposed to be like cigarette smoke. Kind of a look, right. but not really. The way that the wear it's it, stained. The it's way, like some sort of stain. Yeah, the way the wear looks are where like that's supposed to be like forearm. Your forearm went through the paint. Right, or whatever. right. The patterning there looks like poly. Yeah, that's that's kind of the thing. Like it, the way I'm, it's breaking I'm, up. I'm it wondering doesn't, if there's any pictures of. It doesn't look like a nitro relic. It looks like thick poly. That's yeah. 
someone's attacked now, with a screwdriver. Sixty-five you know? would have would six uh, sixty-five. Are be... you gonna look, you're you're resorting to the price guide over here? No, I just I'm trying to see if they have any pictures of like vintage uh, fenders. And the refin is one thing, but the fact that it is a 1965 that has all new everything except for the body and yep. the neck is a bit off-putting for four thousand dollars. Uh, Mike sent me an example of an ad that makes much more sense for similar money. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Well, it's like a thousand dollars. No, it's, it's, four, it's that one's uh, it's four ninety nine, yes. four nine ninety nine. Thousand dollars more. Thousand dollars more. They're tacking on one hundred and twenty dollars shipping. But besides the tuners and the paint being stripped off the body to reveal a natural finish that honestly looks very handsome. Mm-hmm. Beside those two things, everything else on it is original. Right. And it's a thousand dollars more. And it looks it like it like it looks like the real article. And it's only a thousand dollars more for a, a yeah. 1963 Jaguar for five grand. I think that's an interesting note that you have there is that um first of all, yeah, I don't know why you would refinish this like and then refinish it and then relic it. Right. I feel like either refinish it or just leave the original finish there. Like if I was going to refinish like a how, 19th, how bad was it? How right? bad would it have been? Which makes me think something really bad happened to this guitar and it was a complete salvage. Like where's everything else that was on it? But the parts of the wood that you can see seem maybe okay. I don't understand. I still don't understand what's going on on the back. It was, they were just trying to do a big gouge in it or something like that. But, but I'm that saying weird, specifically like, this like one spot that looks like it's filled with like clay. Right. No, I don't think it's filled. I think it's a big hole. Like I think they hit it with a hammer and jabbed stuff in there. And then like an inexplicable, you know, weird stain and col- yeah. discoloration around it. And then these weird like that. All I could figure is that like it's the end of a, a screwdriver that they pounded over and over and over again right. on the back to get this buckle I don't, rash. I don't it know what look it like is. Real buckle rash. I don't know what it is, but I realized what it looks like to me is when somebody like tries to peel out, or like somebody like has like tires that are kind of worn and they take a corner too tight, and so they start yeah. slipping. That's what this looks like. That is what it looks like. Absolutely. It's just. Which again, that goes back to why when we talked about this ahead of time, this whole backside, this area makes me think that like they were trying to do belt buckle rash with an orbital sander. They did it in a couple spots. They got through the wood and then they just said like, ah, screw it. And like put the sander on its side, turned it on and let it bounce around for 20 seconds. It does feel like there was something uh, mechanical and oscillating doing yeah. this, this checking on the back because it is like so rhythmic like but like there's also this other black line over here and one over here like they should have used a humbuckle it's like nonsense yeah it's all nonsense none of it really tracks as realistic it would have been so much better if they had just left it as a clean refinish and be like we refinished yeah something and the story is everything Mm -hmm. like what happened to warrant Everything that went on with this. Like, what Why is the story? Why did you do this, SS Guitars in Chicago, Illinois? My hug, my hair is bugging me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, why Why did this happen? We want to know the story. We want to know why none of the original stuff is there. Because a relic and a vintage guitar isn't just about the paint finish. Where's the pitting and the rust on all the metal? 
Where is the age on the pickups? That pick guard is bright white. Yeah. Tell us why everything was replaced. Oh, yeah. If you put on two different, if you put in brand new pickups, why are the pickup covers not the same color? Because they're a cream cover on there. Right, but shouldn't, if it's a new set of pickups, shouldn't they both have, like, new covers? Oh, you're saying each pickup each pickup is a different color. This mix matched. It's weird. That is because like one is like minty and the other one's like more of a vintage. What is going on with this thing? Here, here's and the, like there's a gap in between the pick guard and the control plate that shouldn't be there on a, on a brand new setup. Like because on a, on a vintage one, like the 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 celluloid shrinks and warps and stuff like that, and then you get those gaps. But on a new one, you shouldn't have those gaps. And there's a big gap around the neck pocket that I saw in an earlier picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah there it is. Um, I mean, this gap doesn't bother me that much. I don't think it's... How much do you think it sh- would actually sell for? Because it's not selling for four grand, um, despite having a 1965 neck and body. I would probably say like 2500 2500 to get my interest. I think I'm gonna probably be around there somewhere somewhere between two grand and twenty five hundred. Let's see if Mike texted me back an answer. He did. We're about to find out what Mike. That Mike. Is it is it a message or did he voice record? It's a text. We're about to find out what he thinks it would be worth. He didn't text me the price, he just texted me pictures of <laughs> Another build. <laughs> you got pumped. Oh man. Maybe I'll put have to put it in post. I'll put a little blurb up here. And ask him again. Alright, we'll see if he gets back to us. Why is he in your phone as MT? Because I have him I have his number saved as Mike that Mike. <laughs> Um, <laughs> to remind me which mic it is. I, I don't, yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't understand. The relic throws everything else off. And maybe the two, the two different pickup color covers is also trying to like simulate something about the rel- the overall relic job. I kind of feel like they should have just gone pristine with this uh, and just said, you know what, like just done a clean refin. I don't hate this. Like, I think this color's fine. It's a little paler than I like in a seafoam green. Um, maybe that's just the lighting. I don't know. Uh, but I think they should have just done a clean job. If, I, it, if this was a clean refinish, even with all of the parts, I wouldn't feel like I know enough about the market to say less than $4,000. Okay, I'll, I'll read Mike's text here in a second. I'm going to say that if I had refend this, it wouldn't have been in a standard color. I would have I would have taken an opportunity. Electric yellow. If I was going to go like a, for a clean reboot of this guitar, a restoration, I would have gone with some wild finish that had never existed in Fender's right. you know catalog. I would have done some sort of crazy metal flake or something like that. Right. Big surprise, you know, bass base <laughs> bass boat uh, metal flake. Okay, I'm going to read Mike's text here. He hasn't finished yet. He said, "Okay." So, deep breath. For reasonable people, I think that's a $2,500 to $2,899 
guitar. So he's saying at least a thousand dollars overpriced, mm-hmm. possibly fifteen hundred dollars overpriced. And then he follows up with the lack of so many original components. I would not be going higher than eighteen hundred to two thousand. Not having the original vibrato is a big deal breaker for me. And, and Mike is an extremely educated uh, collector level guy when it comes to offsets. Right. So, you know, I believe that those are numbers that he would personally be throwing around. He's still typing. I don't know what else he has to say about it, but that's the information we were looking for there. So we were kind of in the ballpark. Yeah. We were in between yeah. him and what he thinks a normal person would do. Like two thousand to twenty five hundred dollars seems to make sense. So, like, if you're shopping for vintage wood, a six, you know, a nineteen sixty five Jaguar neck and body that may have a dubious past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This guy's had two previous offers and didn't take them, but maybe he'd take an offer. Maybe it's worth a bunch of people trying to offer him eighteen hundred dollars to get started on a Jag project. You know. Okay, what else did he say? Now, you can take all that reissue stuff and sell it as a bundle. That's a way to recoup. So, you get the... That's what he's saying. He's saying you get this guitar and you sell the original components. Is what I think he's saying. Mm-hmm. He is Sell the hardware, the pickups, everything like that. And, right. And... You take that money and then you try to find more period correct replacements, maybe. Yeah. Or rebuild what you want out of this, turn it into a project guitar of some sort. I don't know. I don't know. There's a discussion to be had there. I just, thanks, Mike. Like I said, I, I feel like the the refund kills it for me. I get what he's saying. Like from a collector's perspective, it goes back to like that. Uh, I got that Japanese. I found out that that I was reading this thing the other day that potentially. Oh. He's, are you going to read another message? Oh, wow. He said, <laughs> of course, now shops are asking like 3,500 for 2009 thin skins. So what do I know? Outrageous. <laughs> I'm going to put the, put the phone down now. <laughs> um, I just uh, like I have that. I found out recently I was doing some reading that I've always said that the Japanese Stratocaster I have is a Fender Contemporary Standard Stratocaster. Okay. But something I was reading recently said that there was only the Contemporary Stratocaster or the Standard Stratocaster. That Standard Stratocasters from 1984 to 1987 uh, that were made for export market, which I believe this was, um, they all had the Schaller bridges on them. Okay. Now that being said, like mine doesn't, and that's a thing that I've always said. Like, oh, I kind of want to like either want to like buy one and put one on there. Uh, like I kind of like because that guitar has meaning to me, and right. I think that's you know that's the same thing here. Like what Mike's saying is like for him, like vintage offsets have have meaning beyond like having parts being playable. Like they have they have a meaning that has greater meaning because of the sum of the vintage parts. Okay. No. If so I, I kind of get it, like yeah. I would pay more for like a proper, properly outfitted Japanese Fender. Yeah. I would. I I still think about buying one that would match the one that I have, but that's like pristine. Right. I mean, yours is pretty great already. 
Yeah, but it's, got like, it's missing you, a bunch of parts. I almost wonder, though, if you got the shower and you put it on there, what if you didn't like it as much? No, exactly. So that's why I should just spend like $800 for the real thing. Right, right. And leave the one that you have as it is. And then yeah. do a comparison. And then do a comparison. Yeah. It's a video. It's probably there at least, what? What do you think, guys? Like, you'd watch it 100,000 times? 200,000 times? I mean, just the first day. Just times? the first day it launches. And then they Four, have... 400,000 times? We have to make this video. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. We should we could do a video where it's like our oldest guitars. And you bring over your your strat. And I play my I bring have to bring over my harmony. Bring over your harmony. That uh that acoustic. Yeah. What I've learned from NAM videos is that I don't actually need to play guitars in videos. I can just hold them up and be like, look at this. <laughs> and you guys will watch it. I'm spoiled now. That's what I'm gonna. I'm not gonna play guitars anymore. I'm just gonna hold them up and point at them. Like, look, look at this, guys. There it is. You got anything else to say about this? I uh, don't. Um, I think people should try to make some reasonable offers at this guy's direction and give him a hint that he might be overpriced. Yeah. Or this might be a, a you know, I'm listing it but not actually listing it price. You know, I want to keep it. No, I mean, I think that they looked at what other 65 Jags were going for in reverb, and they think that this is a good price. Right. I don't think they are because, like, I think the pure was it they what are the pickups? Pure vintage. Remember the guy that we used to jam with at the Clam of God who had a uh, who had a seventies Jaguar. You remember the state that thing was in? No. He had this Jaguar. All the paint was stripped off, like that other Jag that we showed. Yeah. Uh, but it was a lot rougher, mm-hmm. and he didn't have the pit guard on it. Now with Jaguars, nothing is really mounted in the pit guard. It's not holding anything. Right onto the guitar is just covering up the wires. So he had this thing bare huh. with this wires kind of exposed. This? And he let me play it a couple of times. And that guitar had mojo. Yeah. If I picked this up, I might try to replicate that experience. How, like, how many strip back the paint all the Jack way. White units are we talking about? Here? It was a lot of Jack white units. Yeah. And that scale is really, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't make a lot of sense because it starts at like 1300 and then it goes up to 27,000, I think. And then it skips all the way up into 96,000 and then starts again. Like it yeah. was a weird scale. Yeah. We have to go back to original episodes, like very early episodes to remember the, the exact specifications of the Jack White uh, Mojo scale of units. But um, <laughs> yeah, this is that it was pretty dang high up there. I would be trying to replicate that experience with this guitar, strip back the paint, pull off the pit guard age the hardware or find aged hardware, dip that bridge in salty water and get it rusty. You know, like track, you know, throw an AVRI bridge on there. If it doesn't already have it, I forget what they said. The bridge is not the bridge, the, the trim. They didn't say crust, just crust it up, get it feeling old and worn in. And then I'd be happy. And of course I'd only want to pay $1,800 because now Mike put that number in my head. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on. Yeah, uh, this is the housekeeping portion of the show. Support us on Patreon! If you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60cyclehumcast. It paid for a lot of our NAM expenses, some of which I have not sent to Ryan yet. So It's going to be a big surprise. I'm waiting for the... No, it's going to be about... I can say right now it's going to be about 600 Six hundred? Yeah. Oh, from the room. From for Because I haven't set the room yet because I'm waiting right, to make right. sure that they don't have any like... You well, you use too many blankets. I, We're gonna charge you an extra whatever. They didn't give us extra blankets. We asked for them and we didn't get them. Um, I think it's like five sixty. It's gonna be like five sixty. 
And then and I have cost as well. We're still going to be in the black though. I think we've been in the black for a couple months. I think we will still be in the black. Um, but we always kind of ride that edge a little yeah. bit. If you want to help, uh, contribute to the show for costs of travel, like when we went to Nam, uh, costs of production, cameras, lights, things like that, services that we have to pay mm-hmm, fees mm-hmm. for, and like you know membership fees for you know our pad, our podcast hosts, and Adobe things like that. Creative Cloud, yeah, Creative Cloud stuff and software, like it, food for podcasting nights because we don't like to cook over here when we're doing podcasting nights because <laughs> we want to spend that time keeping the kids happy and stuff until Steve shows up. Uh, (laughs) It really is the money that keeps this channel operating. So huge thanks to everyone that already contributes through Patreon. Huge thanks to everyone that will, if you only want to do it for a month as a way of like tipping us, that's totally fine. There's no expectation to do it forever or even, you know, for any amount of time, one month as a tip would be great for us and we would appreciate it greatly we appreciate all of it from the one dollar patreons all the way up to the one hundred thousand dollar patreons which i know we're gonna get any day now any day now (laughs) uh this show is uh so that's patreon but we also have some sponsors for Mm. the show including pickup music uh the online guitar learning platform that provides a structured Learning experience for modern styles. Uh, the platform and pathways are designed specifically for intermediate. I guess I'm an intermediate guitarist uh, and advanced guitarist. And I'm an they, exit-mediate guitarist. They have, uh, they have over 40,000 users. Um, they have over 1,000 lessons in all wow. kinds of genres, including neo-soul, funk, jazz, country, and rock. Do they have any surf lessons? I don't know. That's the first thing I'm going to look That's for. That's what you should look for. And I'm going to look for ska. Uh, and it's all done in step-by-step curriculum format. So it's just a, you know, you sign up for a course and it's a whole series of videos uh, that you're going to work through. Uh, they're taught by some really fantastic guitar players, including uh, Dr. Molly Miller. Oh, uh, Mel- doctor. Melanie Fay, Ariane Powell, Daniel Donato, Pliny. Is it Pliny? 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 He's the guitar player from... I think he's just plenty. I don't know. Uh, Mason Stoops Mason has Stoops, a course the on there. Uh, and a whole bunch of other folks. Um, and the whole thing is it's built into like grades. So you, you go in and you start in grade one and two, three, four, five. I think there's like six grades total. So you have to like complete the course and, and display competency before and take a quiz and display competency before you can move on to the next grade. Um, you play play along, of course, with the videos all kinds of stuff. It's really great. Um, You can send your videos to them and they'll review them and give you feedback on like how you're progressing. Wow. Uh, And it is, uh, it's just a a bunch of stuff. Like I said, over a thousand lessons. Uh, It starts at $14.99 a month. And when you try it out, you can try it out for free for 14 days. There you go. So if you can't figure it out in 14 days and like, what are you even doing? Yeah. I'm starting up on it right now. So next week when we do this ad spot, I'm going to ditch the script a little bit and just talk about what I've been doing. Now, if you give me the login, am I going to screw up your I don't, uh, I don't lesson th- plans? I think as long as we're taking different lessons, it should be fine. Okay, we won't take the same lessons. Um, they are the best rated online guitar learning platform with two, po- or <laughs> I can't read, 4.9 stars on Trustpilot. I don't know what that means, Did but I? it sounds really good. So uh, go check it out. Uh, Huge thanks for sponsoring music.com. us. Link in the description. Yep. This episode is also brought to you 
Bye. Chaseless Audio. Chaseless Audio, makers of the mood. I have the new mood here and the handy little instruction book. I still need to learn how to use it. I mean, I have the original mood. I'm assuming it's very similar. Oh, look, I have serial number 600. You think they did that on purpose? I don't know. You should ask. They got a six zero in there just for us. Thank you, I, Chase Bliss. I don't know if they did that for us or if it's just, you know, circumstance, coincidence, but I'm, I'm happy to have it. I'm excited to check this thing out. If you've got one on the way, you're probably excited to check it out as well. It does stereo. I can't wait to build a stereo rig with all the bleeps and the bloops that are going to come out. It's not the blooper. It's the mood. <laughs> I can't wait for all the bleeps and the moods that come out of it. <laughs> I'll do a video with it at some point here. Uh, moving on. Next ad? Next ad. I got the Paul on my list. Is that right? That's correct, Steve. This has a very short description because it's on OfferUp. And I, I've noticed this in general. I don't know why, but people who post on OfferUp, they write things like this. Gibson, the Paul guitar. Missing knobs and switch. Otherwise is in good condition. Good project for a collector. 600 OBO. Well, I think OfferUp just kind of has this vibe that makes you feel like you need to be brief. Yeah. You know, it's not like Craigslist I mean, was like, write a book, get all your keywords in there. I kind of write mine the same way for OfferUp, but also nobody's buying my stuff. So this is interesting to me. They wanted 600, right? Yes. Uh, they want 600 bucks for these things. Uh, when I did a quick search, uh, I was seeing them start around a thousand, mm -hmm. uh, kind of looked like average around 1300. So this thing is, uh, effectively half price. Yeah. Uh, depending on which price you go with, it is missing controls. It's missing the three-way switch and it's missing two pots. I wonder how you switch the pickups in this thing. The thing that I think is interesting it's about volume, it, volume. Is this volume, volume I, for I each don't know. pickup? The thing that I think is interesting is that this guitar started out with full-size humbuckers. Yeah. And then at some point, someone chiseled away at the wood to fit P90s into it. And then at another point, they said, you know what? I don't like P90s anymore. I'm going to put in adapter rings to convert it to mini buckers. So this thing has... Gone through a few transitions here. It currently has mini buckers in it. It had P90s in it. Bef and before that, it had humbuckers in it in stock condition. And I gotta say, I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. I like mini buckers a lot. I like that style of pickup quite a bit. I think this actually like looks kind of cool. For 600 bucks. Essentially half price, and I could do a rewire job on there, get a switch, and the two other pots in there, get it back to you know something resembling stock wiring. I don't know. I think that might be a good buy. Okay, rose mead is not where I thought it was. Where did you think you lost it? Where Where did uh, you find it? Rose mead is in L.A. All right. So I could so have. This is I could up, have picked this, is, this up. This is up in LA. This is between Monterey Park and El Monte. I could have picked this up while we were up at Nam. We we basically we basically uh, we <laughs> we practically drove neck like we were a couple freeways over from Rosemead when right, we went right. to Base House. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. I don't need it. But if I was shopping for this sort of thing, like I think I would. Um, six hundred bucks, man. Yeah, I gotta say. Uh, the bones are all there. 
ish firebrand deluxe do you th- so did they i it, i mean yeah they definitely why does it have a deluxe tag i don't know you think somebody just threw mini humbuckers in this and said we're going to call this a deluxe there's no way Gibson, it originally had the mini buckers deluxe there is a deluxe version nope nope gibson firebrand this isn't a firebrand model though so i wonder if they're just like throwing the name out yeah i don't think they knew exactly what it was it is a the paul though it is a the paul but it's not i don't think it's a firebrand either yeah there's some other stuff the firebrand one well that one has a black headstock but it has the correct control layout so here's what I'm thinking. $600, honestly, like this is a buy, this is a player's guitar. Yeah. It's a little it looks really smooth on top. It almost I know that's kind of how these are. Really like a matte finish. I don't know if something's weird going on cuz on this photo it looks fine, but from certain angles it actually almost looks like somebody like waxed it or waxed something. the edges to make them like softer. I think it might just be the light in that room. Um yeah, this is a printed logo, so this would not be a fire brand. I don't know if maybe they were just tagged as deluxe. If I if I thought oh, there's no screw holes because that's where they put the freaking extension for the P9. So the problem with this is if you want to take it back to like humbuckers, I'm not really sure how you would mount them. You would have to come up with a custom you, like pickup ring. You have to use like a long screw with springs. Right. Or something. But I wouldn't want to take it back to Humbucker. I like the mini buckers. You like the mini buckers. I would leave it as is. I might put like you I might would fix the electronics. I would maybe. fix the electronics. I might fashion a pick guard. Yeah. And put I, more I, holes in it. I think I think if you were if you were You like, know what it needs? What? A middle mini bucker. <laughs> All right, I'm gone. I'm going Steve, home. Is, Steve is over. <laughs> uh, the I think I think yeah. If if I saw this in San Diego or Riverside, is uh, six hundred bucks is inviting you to do bad things to yeah, it? Yeah. What do I What do I got right now? Uh, let's see. I, I, apparently, I'm getting a bonus this weekend. So that's, whoa, that's big boy, paying for my wife's vacation. I have enough money, even without you reimbursing me for Nam yet. I could buy this guitar at $600. I think like if you were just like looking for something fun, right? Uh, it looks I, fun. I don't think it's worth more than like eight or 900. I think that right. might even be a push. There's not really a flip here, but, but I, there is an opportunity for a fun guitar. I think there's an opportunity to have a really good, really fun guitar. Yeah. For, for 600 bucks. For 600 bucks. It's almost squire money these days. And, you know, right now I'm saying like eight or nine, but it is, I, you know, I hate to put it this way. It's a weird Gibson model, but eventually. You'll be the only one on the block with it. I was going to say, eventually when it's 40 years old, but the problem is it's already it's 40, 40 years, years old. old. No, like uh, you show up at a gig and no one else is going to have the same guitar oh, yeah. with you. Yeah. You're, it's, and it's a Gibson. Like how, how often can you say like, I've got a unique Gibson? Yeah. REL had something similar to this mm-hmm. uh, that we actually played on the, yeah, in the very early years, years ago. Yeah. 
Um, and that was a fantastic guitar. Pretty sure I he would still expect, has it. I would expect this to be a fantastic player. I would say, like, if you were Gibson curious, you say you don't own a Gibson, you want to go in Gibson cheap, this is where you're at. If you don't like the mini, if you play the mini humbuckers and you don't like them, maybe they're cheap. I don't know. We you don't know. know. You know, what, we know be... what they are, but hold on. Okay. But we don't, we don't know what they are. We don't know what they are. Uh, so all you got to do is figure out a way to put like some, drop some Seymour Duncans in it. You got a machine. You know, what would be a, got fun, a guaranteed machine, a fun mod on this. Bigsby leave. Well, yeah, but it would interrupt where the switch is supposed to be. Uh, leave the mini bucker in the bridge. Go back to P90 in the neck. You could do that. That would be a fun mod on this guitar. You know what would be a fun mod on this guitar? Tell me, Steve. I'm ready. Fender wide range pickups? In the middle. <laughs> just replace these because they're wide range, so they'll right, be take, bigger. Take more wood out, bigger pickups. Dual mud bucker. <laughs> jazz master pickups. Take all the wood out, two jazz master pickups. <laughs> all right, you know what would be you know what would be fun with this guitar right? What would be fun, Steve? Five Jaguar pickups. Five of them. Just take just get the drill, get the router, just get the chisel, get them in there. Yes, Steve, I'm ready for it. Six Dan Electro lipsticks vertical alignment. <laughs> One pickup per string. Right, right. <laughs> All right, I'm done. You got anything else on this? I don't. I don't. I think someone should buy it. I didn't write. I think it looks time. like it looks like a lot of fun. It does. It does. I, I yeah. was skeptical at first, but I think uh, I'm coming back around. Usually we trash stuff. Around. Usually we can't help but say like, "Oh, this is this this sucks." What happened to this guitar? I like what happened to this guitar. I like the price. I like the look. I like the possibilities. Go get it. What's new, Steve? Is that what we're doing now? That's what we're doing now. Um, I don't think I have anything new. I had band practice last night. And uh, the bassist finally decided that he's going to wear earplugs because of how loud we are. Oh, good for him. Like, have I, you guys considered turning down? No. Um, <laughs> but I was I was like showing him my earplugs. I, I have the, uh, the the vibes. Yeah. A past sponsor of the, yeah. the podcast here. I was like, oh, these kinds are really great because he had the foamy ones. Mm-hmm. These are great because they let more frequencies through and you can hear, you know, all the instruments pretty well with them. And then, and then I put one in my ear and I pushed it a little bit too hard. Oh no! And it sucked into my brain because <laughs> it's like there's the part of your ear that like it stops it. Yeah. I pushed it a little bit too hard and it went bloop. <laughs> and then I couldn't, I couldn't get, I could feel it, but I couldn't get a grip. How did you get it out? On the end. So our practice space is uh, uh, about a 30, 30 second drive away from a Harbor Freight. <laughs> Oh, in Miramar, Miramar, right? Yeah, in Miramar. None of the guys had pliers or anything like that. I was like, I got to get this out. I'm going to Harbor Freight right now. So I I left practice. I drove to Harbor Freight. I didn't even wait to buy the pliers. I'm in the aisle. I grabbed these needle nose pliers. I'm just like, pop. Did you put the pliers back? No, I bought them because they felt bad. I was like, they just watched someone on the security camera go down the aisle and pull something out of their ear. With a three dollar set of pliers, I'm buying these pliers. Clearly, I need them. Stupid. We have mail. We'll okay. get to that too. We'll get to that too. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, don't push your earplugs in too far because they'll plop in and push against your brain. And yeah, it, it I, was. It was. It didn't hurt, 
but it was unsettling. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. Right. Like I wasn't I it, I will say that it was protecting my hearing in that state. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I could have I could have made it through the practice. It's probably illegal to drive with one earplug but in that deep. I was not I was not comfortable with what That's was happening rough. and I was like you have this fear like it's going to keep going in farther and farther then I'm not going to be able to get it, which isn't possible because it was bottoming out on my eardrum or whatever. <laughs> so is that your plug, your jack in the ear? Yeah, that's what I was talking about earlier when I was talking about shoving a quarter inch jack yeah. in my ear. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that is that is like the uh, the one, the vibes work really well, but I did find I was like, met, I, uh, I took a pair to Nam. I ended up not wearing them. Uh, it wasn't loud enough this yeah, year. But uh, they, they spend time they in the drum section. Which is funny also because um, Edematic was giving away earplugs when you got your badge. Mm. They had like a bucket full of, of uh, Edematic earplugs. I didn't see them. Um, well, I did. And I got some. Well, damn. And Steve. they're at my house. Are they good? I don't. They're Edematic. So mm. that was like the industry standard for a long time. Amazing earplugs. I don't Great. know anything. I don't know anything about them. They're the same design as the Sure or the Heroes High Fidelity. Wouldn't even be surprised if they were the exact same earplugs. Before we get into the mail, I have a I have a question, Steve. I have an answer. Something maybe. something that I've been wrestling with myself. How how many pedal boards do I need? Because all, all of them. Because I have the affordable boards. Obviously, mm-hmm. I have the regular affordable board. Then I have the church affordable board now. Okay. You know those are our video series pedals. Is that the cro- the cross affordable board? The cross affordable board. The the crucifix. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that's that's a rough call take. All right, and you need one board and, for each band, and then I've got obviously. and then I've got my general board that I use for doing demos, mm-hmm. and I and I u- usually use it at church without many modifications. Yep. And then you're saying that, that I do need a board for each band, a board for each band. So I already which have means one. You need four Peterson Strobus stumps. Well, I I already had one put together for Dinosaur Ghost. Yeah. And yesterday before practice, I finally broke out the things that I needed from my main board to be a, a board for uh, for Vulture Shock, which is my other band. Is that this one back here? The, no, that is my, you, you want to grab that and pick it up. That is my general like demo board, and I, I, I haul it to church sort of board. Yeah, he's trying to use the power supply as a handle. So this is the board that I use on the floor here when I'm doing demos and stuff like that. And I change things in and out. I've got the kangaroo right there. The fuzz is always kind of constantly rotating. Uh, but, you know, it, it's got a collection of stuff that I need. Ambient reverb, spring reverb, tremolo, delay. I've got a chorus, you know, some overdrives and stuff like that. And a tuner and a volume pedal. Earthquake! But I've been thinking, should I just start breaking... All my pedals, not all of them, but like a majority of them into different themed boards. And like, I've been thinking about taking this area over here by the water heater that you guys can't see and building new shelves and just have it be a collection of pedal boards over there. Like, oh, hey, here's like my big stereo board. Here's a board that's like built around a wall pedal. What if instead of shelves, you did drawers? Pedal board drawers? So you could pull them in and out. Well, I like was thinking, real easy access. I was thinking if I was going to build something, then have them be like sliding drawers so I can pull them out. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Like drawers, maybe if I could find a, a cool chest of drawers, that would make sense. I was just saying buy some of the, buy a bunch of sets of wheels. 
Yeah. Like the wheels and the well, the, the, those the, things. The sliders that go on the side of sliding doors are really not that expensive. No. I could... It's it's the time cost, really, of building. Sure. I should probably find, just find a cabinet. Um, or like a, a tall boy dresser would fit in there. <laughs> but all the pedal boards and that. But, like, would that be fun? Is that something I should do? Like a stereo board... A expression pedal board where everything on it is like expression I, I think, controllable. I think the struggle with this is always, to, for me, is always like, I think like, oh, I could build, like, I own three boards right now that are roughly PT Junior size, two actual PT Juniors, right, and then a uh, IKEA kind of hack one of the gorm boards that's slightly smaller than a pt junior so i have those three plus i have that expand board the fx tier board uh that basically will hold four pedals basically uh because i i wouldn't want to do more than that uh i, I don't like the way that it expands um and it weighs a ton uh so i have those four boards and i definitely like think about like i could do the the different the two pt juniors as two different boards and then the gorm either the gorm board or the fx tier i would do as like an accessory board kind of like also you have an accessory board down here, i do right? it One has a looper and the switcher on it yeah it has my amp switcher and a looper. Um, so i would do something like that but it would probably be like a drum machine and a looper on right. it i could make a looper board yeah because i've got the the, the so singular that, sound arrows so i'm saying like the looper board is like a board that i could see using as an accessory to any of the other boards the problem that i have is like okay say you really like the mood and you find like i have multiple applications for this pedal are you gonna like okay it's on this board and now i'm gonna put it on this board and now i'm gonna put it on this board could. it's not hard to pull them off the board that was always like my thing is like i don't want I don't actually, when I was living in the condo and maybe it'll be different now once I get organized, but when I was living in the condo, like I didn't enjoy tearing apart pedal boards. All right. But some of that might be because my pedals were all in boxes in, in, uh, baskets and stuff. Pretty easy access. Everything's, you know, you could walk around here and be like, I want this one and this one and this one and this one. And now I'm kind of getting that in my office where I've got, I've got six of these. The way I'm thinking about it. Over, is this on camera? This is not. A little really bit. On camera. I could, like the way I treat the affordable where it's like, oh, I, I checked out some pedals. This yeah. one's going on the affordable because I like this a lot and it belongs on here. I could have like a, a, a pedal board that's just for using with dirty amps. Like you right. put a tube screamer on there, you know, a treble booster, you know, things like that. A wah. Like this is just going into a dirty amp pedal board i've got mm-hmm. you know a, a hyper expression controlled ambient board or something like that uh what did i say there's there's some possibilities yeah. there to explore and then when i get a new pedal it doesn't have to be an affordable board pedal anymore it could be like oh this new kind of weird reverb that i got from cattle and bread or walrus or something like that this would be perfect on my ambient board and right. i i pull it out at the end of the video i'm like where is it gonna go let's see how it fits under this board like mm-hmm. it could be fun Again, it could be it could take some of the stress off of all the stuff that I'm storing behind me and just store it over there next to the water heater. <laughs> Where it definitely will never get wet ever. <laughs> Watch someday that thing's gonna explode and take out the whole set. 
I'm going to take out the whole house. Is there that much water? I guess there's there's definitely a lot of water in there. There's right? a lot of water in there. Do water heaters explode frequently? Sometimes they leak. It's getting old. That's a 10-year-old water heater now. Yeah. Things I've happen. Been, mine is, I think, nine years old, and I was basically told when we bought the house, like, just expect it to fail any day now. Well, the one when we moved in, the one that came with the house was, like, probably 30 years old. Yeah. Well, and that it, was the, that was the other yeah. thing they said. It's, like, nine, around, like, 9, 10 is the age where they could fail any moment tomorrow, but also they it might never fail. Right, right. It depends so. on how much crap builds up inside of them, sort of thing. Yeah. You know? yeah. All right. Uh, mail, 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 mail. We've been going along on these episodes tonight. What are we doing? We're trying to go short tonight or for this one. Too. I know we don't even ha- didn't even have a regular topic. Oh, you oh, got you a got a knife pen to do it. Do you want the knife? Steve yeah, is it. busting it open. We don't know what this is. Steve thought it was something else, but it's not. It's some kind of pedal. Here's a note. You want you read the note, Steve. You're you're the reader here. I messaged you about this pedal a while back. I'm only getting around to sending it. I made this from uh, more or less spare parts, and it shows in some ways, but it's otherwise a great sounding Ghost Echo clone. Huh. I thoroughly pedal uh, PCB Spirit box number five. One twenty twenty three. Uh, I thoroughly. Solgon. I don't know what that it says. Solgon. I hope you like it. Uh, I think it's that I thoroughly love it. I uh, hope you like it. Thank you for your content. It's kept me mildly sane for a lot of my pedal builds. Here's a small token of appreciation. Feel free to play it, sell it, give it away, whatever works best. Thanks again, Carlos uh, Pisker. Uh, Prisker. <laughs> if I miss anything or you need to get back to me or something, don't hesitate to contact me. And an email address. Prishko, New York, New York, it says on the back. It's got uh, Better Call Saul on there. I'm, a, You know, I, we've got a small pile of pedals back here on the floor sent, sent, <laughs> by, great. sent by viewers. I need to do a video with, with all of them in one go. I love I love the, the yeah and actually this is a really um, interesting yeah it's a very like slightly off case I really like this uh, trap it's a trapezoid whereas like most cases yeah. are functionally rectangles and that's a trapezoid I also really like this printing style that's on here it's it's like a it's how did he do that it is a four color like inkjet print on that's the top of it. That's a real beefy looking knob too and I have no idea. It must be latched. You mean the switch? Switch. Yeah. Brains fried. It must be latched in from the inside. That's cool. See, I need to put together a board of just pedals that were sent and made by viewers. Like <laughs> viewers I need all, like you. I need all the boards, guys. Yeah, so that I can you, just pull them out. If you want to send mail, address is here somewhere. <laughs> Front of my hands. Did you just break it? No, but I threw it and knocked over the other pedals that were uh, piling up back there. <laughs> you got anything else? I don't. Cool. Sponsors? This episode's brought to you by Big Ear Pedals. They made this wacka. They did. Uh, they make other things. Go to their website, bigearpedals.com. Check them out. Also, this episode was brought to you by String Joy, making joy, joy, string joy, joy, joy. in Nashville, Tennessee, with their own machines. It's their own factory. They're not OEMing strings like so many other string manufacturers out there that just have them made in the same factory as all the other strings. No, String Joy makes their strings, and you can order custom sets with their string builder on their website. And at checkout, if you use code HUM, 
not H-U-M. I didn't say H-U-M this time. I said H-U-M. You get 10% off and it's a handy dandy tracking code so that they know how effective our marketing is here at 60 Cycle Hum. So go buy some strings, dang it. Get yourself some strings. Use our link down below and use that code H-U-M to save 10% on the strings you need and want and desire. Last ad, let's do it. last ad was sent by Nathan Boone. It's another mutilated Mustang. Please have a close look at all the pictures and expand them. For sale is a lovely Fender Mustang from either late 1977 or sometime in 1978. This guitar is in great shape overall with some scuffing and finish crazing it's supposed to be cracking and deteriorating average wear for its age the unfortunate main issue with this guitar is that someone has sanded down the taller body horn if you compare it to a normal mustang you can see how it's different oh uh, yeah i'll have appears, to compare it to see the must the pick guard may have been switched out as the control switches are on the opposite side of the pick guard uh as well as a different style i'm unsure what pickups it has but they are not original as this came with single coils the action's excellent and has been set up nicely and it looks like the neck is nice and straight. Frets have typical wear, uh, somewhere between 65 and 75% remaining. Plenty playable. Overall, this is a great piece. I do not have the original case. We shipped in either a generic hard or soft case, whatever the best I have available at time of sale. If you have any questions, please feel free to message. There's going to be a certain type of weirdo out there in the audience that looks at this Mustang and says, yes. I like that. I like what they did to the top horn. I like that it's more phallic than it should be now. Uh, I think it's extremely unfortunate. And you know what? The pickup swap doesn't bother me, but that horn does. Like This is probably a really fun sounding and playing guitar. So many of the details are like, yes, I have no problem with this. But man, that top horn is so unfortunate. And why do people always, why did they do this to Mustangs so often? So many people mutilated their Mustangs. Like we should, we should put together like a best of that's just all the Mustangs that have been on this podcast. Student guitars. Yeah, but like, why, why were Mustangs so tempting to people with, bad work woodworking skills. Like usually like is someone trying to cut one into like a heavy metal shape. Right. Like in the, in the late seventies or the eighties or something like that. Like, Oh, I've got this Mustang. I wish it was more pointy. And they try to, you know, take cuts and do it to give it points and make it look like a BC rich some somehow or some reason. I don't even understand what they were going for with this. I like this knob choice though. <sighs> yeah. The knobs are fine. The, the pickup replacement and pick guard replacement I'm actually cool with because you could you could reverse it and take it back to stock if you wanted to. I would actually like to hear this. Those pickups look cool and old, and they're double creams, which is cool. That, that cut is just so unfortunate, though. It doesn't look cool at all. It looks dumb. This kind of makes me think of a scary movie. I wonder if a competent woodworker could save this. Like, cut cut... Just cut, lop off that top horn and cut a new top horn and join it together, sand it, oh. bondo it real smooth, and then give this thing a refin. It would cost about a thousand bucks, I bet, to I mean, get to get someone to do the woodwork and then get hire someone to do a, a good refin on it. 
Okay, but hear me out. Okay. What if you just got rid of the top horn and made it like a wacky Telecaster? It can't get worse. Like, it really can't get worse, can it? Like, just... The problem is, is, like, this has a contour on the top, and a Telecaster doesn't have a contour, right? You could potentially maybe give it... it, I guess they kind of do. You could give it almost an SG horn if you cut it just right and then cut the bottom horn to match, but then you're introducing new cuts that you no. didn't need to make. You just you just want to fix the upper horn. You don't want to do anything I think that's good, not fixing the upper horn. I think a good woodworker could save this, but it would cost money. All right, how much do they want for this? 1400 This is That's after a $550 price drop. I still think that's too high. This, ha- charging, this needs to be under $1,000. They're charging for old wood. They're charging for vintage wood here. And they, what they need to do is they need to part it out. They need to part out the neck because the neck looks clean. Let's hit reverb. See if you can find me a decent quality Mustang body, and then we'll... <laughs> okay, here's a 1977. They're all about two grand, two grand, yeah. 1,700, 1,600. Uh, two grand, two grand. That, so I mean, I guess that's why this person thinks this is worth fourteen hundred because he's given you, you know, six. He's six hundred dollars off of the average low price. No, it's got to be under a grand. But I'm thinking under a grand. It's got to be. Not only do you have the, uh, the woodwork, which is let's be honest, it's permanent. Like, yeah, you could, you could go to t- try to fix it but if i was for the for the average person that is a permanent modification you also don't have the original pit guard but you could you could buy a you could buy an old pit guard you'd have to buy an old pit guard right you'd have to buy if you want if you bought an old pit guard then you'd have to buy the hardware to go with it It makes me sad. A thousand bucks. It makes me sad the things that people did to these old Mustangs. But like I said, I'm fine with the, the humbuckers. I bet it sounds awesome with the humbuckers. Let's see if I can sort this. Like that would be an appropriate mod for someone to have done in the 70s, even 80s, something like that. Throw humbuckers in there. Absolutely. But the horn, what are you doing to me? Why do you make it hurt so bad? I don't know why this isn't giving me sorting options, but there is one black Mustang, all black, all original 1978 Mustang for $1,600. That looks killer. Uh, It's got some major wear on the neck. It looks like the skunk stripe is trying to leave, start its own family. And the skunk stripe ends at a really weird place too. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not a vintage Mustang buff, so I'm not a, sure if that's. There's a lot of finish checking on the neck in general, but otherwise, it looks it looks that it looks yeah fun. It looks good. Yeah. Uh, I think this one at fourteen hundred is the cheapest one on Reverb right now, but it should should still be, it should be cheaper. cheaper. It should be cheaper. Absolutely. All right. So, what do you think, Steve? Who wins the Adventurer Club? Oh this boy, week? I feel like this was a really good set. It was. We got the '65 Jag. We've got the Paul, and we've got this mutilated Mustang. Like the Paul, like I'm saying, buy it. 
But that right. does that mean that it's my favorite ad of the night? Um, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say 65 Jag. I'm thinking 65 Jag. I like that we got to bring in an expert. I think it was the most compelling thing to talk about. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna side with you. 65 Jag. 65 Jag. Congratulations, Matt Carnavali. If I'm saying your name correctly, if I'm not saying it correctly, you still won. Congratulations. Uh, <laughs> this song was sent by Red Eye Bloom. I've been a fan of the channel and podcast since I discovered it a couple years ago. This song was started as a backing track for an unboxing. He's been a fan of it into a whole since song. he discovered it years ago. Interesting. So we're gonna play it. Why wasn't he a fan of it before he discovered it? I don't know. I'll stick around a while 
He knows how to sound heavy. I like those bass tones. I like yeah. that that heavy distortion. I don't know if that's fuzz or distortion. It's probably fuzz. That reminds me of like a very specific 90s song, but I don't know what it's called. Mm. It's like... What's that song called? Isn't that an Alice in Chains song? Is it Alice in Chains? It might be an Alice in Chains song. It's either Alice in Chains or STP. Because STP has a couple like yeah, really wild, might be STP like heavy songs that I don't I don't know what they're called. I think it is STP, but um, it sounded really good. Like the, the I know this is a comment like a lot of people have made on in on the YouTube channel and in, on the Facebook group, like the production quality on songs. I if on like I've always thought like oh we should submit some of like our old tracks like. Sometimes, like, just throw in there sometimes. They're rough. And I'm like, now I'm like, oh, man, like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> maybe we shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> we were just kids. We didn't know what we were doing, recording, we were, you know, like, sharing one mic on a whole drum kit. <laughs> and trying to trying to make little, you know, punk EPs and stuff like that. Thanks for sending the song. Send us yeah. more, guys. Email in the description. And you know what? Stay grounded. Bye, everybody. See ya.